Hey guys, ladies and gents, mm-hmm. they's and them's. What are what is up today? Like ninety eight percent of our audience is like men. I think. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I'm being inclusive, so yeah. I just want to say... Uh, Tell your you. lady friends to watch this. Yeah, thank you. you got to Thank you for listening. Um, today, we're going to talk about, I think the tentative name was Roadmap to Physics, but it's essentially how to... Our, we give our takes on how to solve physics problems or what yes. it takes to solve physics problems. Indeed, indeed. So you guys should check this one out, especially if you're a... Um, layman or an enthusiast of physics um mm-hmm. we give some some tips about 10 minutes through on um you know where you can do and what you can you know what just just some ideas of how you can learn physics on your own if you're interested and this was actually inspired by a comment that was left by one of our um one of the uh commenters on our um community page uh i'd like to go to it but <laughs> Okay, it's well, let's just say, long. yeah, let's just say. It's okay. I'm sorry, man. Let's just say we read the comments and uh, and we do take the feedback uh, into consideration yes. on like topics and stuff. So, um, so for that, yeah, if you want to th- know how to think like a physicist, stick around, um, or what it takes to learn to think like a physicist, if that makes any sense, mm-hmm. please stick around and um, like, comment, share, subscribe. Mm-hmm. Um, Check us out at eigenbros.com, eigenbros2 on TikTok, eigenbros on Twitter, eigenbros on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. All right, guys. Cool. Three, two, one. We're live. What up, folks? Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Eigenbros. Mm -hmm. Not special. (laughs) They're no longer special anymore. Switching it up. (laughs) Yeah, normal. A normal episode of Eigenbros. Um... No, today we actually have a very important topic near and dear to our hearts, I think. Mm. Uh, is it near and dear? I think it's near and dear. <laughs> Solving physics problems is pretty near and dear. Yeah, think? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially for us lone wolves, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> us characterized as lone wolves. Yeah, yeah. Self-characterized, you know? Um, so Even there were a show of two dudes, but that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but in those classes, you know, in physics classes, if you if you're anything like us, um, I think Terrence has a theory on like if if, if you if you're subscribed to personality typing, especially in the framework. Yeah, if they, of, if, uh, they if, if for our usual audience, they know we're all into MBTI. So mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. go ahead and go ahead and preach. Yeah, it. unless you're unless you're part of the the big five uh, Peterson mm-hmm. camp. Um, of personality <laughs> typing, which I didn't know he was. I didn't know well, he, he was, was the main guy. Yeah, yeah. I didn't learn that until like a couple of years ago. Maybe I can't believe he's the meme. He's a meme now. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's a meme for the wrong reasons because apparently the big five is huge. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. But uh, but if you subscribe to um the more of what I th- personally think is a, a deeper, richer kind of a personality typing system MBTI, then mm. um. Then Terrence has like a, a sort of demographic POV of what, the, at least in his experience, what uh, what the physics, uh, how would you say, departments typically have of com- is composed of. Yeah, mostly. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Like, what what would you say is the type, the personality type? Well, I'd say experimentalists are m- mostly ISTJs <laughs> or STJs, and then uh-huh. I'd say theorists are almost always NFs. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, at least in our department, for sure. Yeah. I think it might, well, in your undergrad, how did you feel about that? In undergraduate, it was a little bit more dispersed, but it was a smaller school. Mm-hmm. Um, so, about yeah, it's same. a little bit harder to, yeah, a little bit, but it's still kind of a little bit harder to say in that. Gotcha. Yeah. 
Because I will say I've met very few NTs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, intuitive thing. Where you types. would think they would be more in physics. Well, it's because the icons are all, the yeah. the icons are all like classic NT types. True, true. Yeah, Einstein, it, Newton. Um, uh, yeah. Except I'm not convinced Dirac is. People claim Dirac is he's INTP, not. but I don't think he is. I don't think he is either. I think he's an ISTP. Bro, his his like leaps are yeah, just yeah. so like what? <laughs> Where did you come up with that? And just yeah, his TI was going ham in a interesting. Unusual way. <laughs> he just, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I, I don't know how to describe it, but you see, you see the, you see, there's a lot of, uh, what about Ed Witten? I don't know what his is though. I can see him being like a classic kind of, um, caricature of a INTP. That's what I was thinking as well, yeah. but I'm not sure. A, a caricature. I'm saying a caricature, meaning that you lean heavily on the, the typical order of the functions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're leading Supreme TI. TI. Yeah. Supreme <laughs> TI. You know, sort of next up next is any that's sort of subdued, and then mm. like the real other f- last two functions are highly suppressed right, in some right. manner. <laughs> For me, I'm more well rounded, so it's like I look a lot less. Mm-hmm. I think I look a lot less like a character of an INTP. Yeah, yeah. But I think he's he's quintessentially. You think the way the stack mm-hmm. flows? Yeah, it's, it looks like that. Not decided yet, but I'm, yeah. I was leaning towards that. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. I I'd like to think the um, but but in in general though, I think what do you think is a more lone wolf type of personality in in the physics departments that get kind of lumped into this uh, um, like solving physics problems, for instance, like by themselves. Uh, probably introverts for sure. Yeah, yeah. In general, yeah. Um. But I think generally physicists are like that normally. Mm-hmm. You're saying because they're they, their introvertedness. Yeah. But yeah. but I I like to think for me physics to me is more of a a team sport mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Um, but you almost are like that too a little bit, Juan. Because remember when I was telling you that before yeah. when we would do homework, sometimes mm-hmm. it would feel like you get left out because you would you prefer to sit down. You know, it'd be me and it. me and Javon would be at the mm-hmm. board doing mm-hmm. stuff. Then you would sit down and like start writing through problems first for like a good half an hour or so, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you would jump in after you've like written. Well, because I know now, I know what we're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but that's why I think it might lend itself to um, introverts maybe being uh, the lone wolves. Mm-hmm. But then again, Javon was always jumping in with me too, so maybe yeah. maybe that's not true completely. Maybe it just depends on the situation. Sure, but I think it plays onto certain strengths. Like for me, I, I, yeah, I, can, I can come up with the solution and like, and, and I can work by myself. But the thing is, yeah. like, whenever you work by yourself, it's highly inefficient. Mm-hmm. Um, because you get stuck on stupid shit that you, you, yeah, yeah, you can get stuck on things that just are just somebody can figure out in like two seconds, right? Or maybe they you're see something bl- you don't see, right? It's just a blind spot for you for some reason, or yeah. you're just your brain's been your wheels have been spinning for too long and you're mm-hmm. analyzing something in some dead end way yeah. where yeah yeah working with someone else yeah. can unlock it much better sometimes yeah cuz i mean there there are techniques to this like i think as you go along in your career in physics or whatever or yeah. maybe in general just i mean we're going to keep keep this in the scope of physics yeah um but like as you go along in physics you'll see that um sometimes there will be problems that leave you scratching your head you're like how how is I can't figure this out or you mm-hmm. look at the answer, you know, and, and mm-hmm. there's, there's a 
because there's some people that don't think you should look at the answer. I don't think you should. I think you you're one of these people. Yeah. But but uh I think I think there was a quote by Feynman that I totally agreed with. Yeah. But I don't know if it's gonna, fake or real. I know real. what you're gonna quote. It, I, I think it's real. You think it's real? Yeah. Feynman was quoted to say he'll never start a problem unless he knows the answer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I think what he's saying by that is um oh yeah, there was somebody who delivered her package. That was your that was your watch, right? No. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Yeah, there was a package that just got delivered, but we'll have to wait till after the podcast to get it. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I was saying, um, what was I saying? Feynman. Yeah, the something. Feynman quote. Oh, the Feynman quote. I think what he was trying to say is that it's the same approach that I take, actually. Feynman being an ENTP, of course, so I think I can kind of speak a little bit of what he was thinking, although I will never claim to be mm-hmm. a Feynman. <laughs> Feynman type I will ENTP. say, um, I think what he was trying to say is... Um, that you should have a roadmap to how you solve things, which is ironically mm. the name of this episode. <laughs> well, hopefully it is by the time I actually make the thumbnail for this and everything. He'll but. see. He'll see. <laughs> He's thinking roadmap. Um, yeah, I think roadmap is going to be the name. Something roadmap. But um, yeah, I think he has a roadmap for how to solve a problem. So let's say, for example, if I wanted to solve an E&M problem, right? Yeah. My roadmap is always going to start pretty much with Maxwell's equations. And sure. And say, okay, which one do I need to use? Okay, I think that I'll probably need... A, uh, the del the 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 um Faraday's law because there's a changing magnetic field involved here. Mm-hmm. So and then I could say okay, and then that's probably going to give me I'll be able to find my B field or something from that. So I do always have a roadmap to how I want to approach something, yeah. which is what I think Feynman's kind of saying. And I think you get that skill as you do more and more physics problems, yes. right? I think when you're saying don't look at the answer, I necessarily wouldn't agree with that if you're a first timer or new new newbie physicist um i think you should definitely look at answers first when you don't know what you're doing yeah yeah because then you'll be able to actually know what's out there and how to solve problems how to think yeah but then i think after a certain point you need to cut yourself off and actually to start doing things from a fresh standpoint and yeah. try not to bias yourself at all because um then you're just memorizing solutions rather than um or you're not really using your creative energy to um actually figure something out and you're just kind of regurgitating which i think could be a bad thing to get into it can it can i will say that if you're like me and you're well if you're like a grad student i think in general you're going to be pressed for time yeah and there is this like i think it's a temptation that you should try to ignore though yeah i think it's more rewarding if you ignore if you do have an answer just wait till give yourself a time limit a reasonable Mm -hmm. time limit Mm -hmm. You don't want to be staring at a problem for more than an hour sometimes because yeah, unless you really have free time and then, because I used to do it that way, just raw, like in undergrad, especially I used to just mm-hmm. kind of, I mean, it makes sense when you're just learning. Oh, I used to be looking at answers all the time as undergraduate, I d- I but did- that's because I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I, I used to like, I used to wait till, I guess it was just old school. Like I would just kind of have to um, think and then sit and then move on to something else and then come back to it later or something. Mm. And sometimes I'll like solve a problem in my dream and I'll, I'll find the solution, but it'll take time. Mm-hmm. It'll take a lot of time, uh, especially when you're just learning. But uh, as I got older and like, you know, you get more resources and like, I think online, like those online websites like Chegg and all those stuff like that have like solutions and stuff. But those become useless in grad school. They do. No, but I'm yeah. saying in undergrad, like as I was coming out of undergrad, like those were becoming popular. Oh, right, right. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Like, you know, but, but even then, like I 
like a buddy of mine had had an account and he would be like yeah dude it's like it's awesome and mm-hmm. i was just like okay that's good but and he's like but it helped him get better grades overall like mm-hmm. he would make great he would mm-hmm. make great scores on his test supposed to me i would just mm-hmm. be like <laughs> a purist i'm just like yeah. no no until like finally <laughs> i was like all right man you're making better grades so screw it <laughs> give in yeah, so like I guess it depends on where where your philosophy stands. If you really want to get into a great school where grades are important, um, then I think you should prioritize on just learning the technique of it all, mm-hmm. and not you know don't focus. You're gonna have to compromise. Uh, yeah, a little bit yeah. of the understanding. Yeah, yeah. I would. Yeah, it's, I think a cor- the correlation between like how smart you are, quote unquote, and the school you're getting into is not as heavy as people think. No. I think it's mostly just how well do you know how to play within that system, mm-hmm. um, which is fine and all. You know, yeah. of course, it's great if you can do that, but um, you also need to know what type of person you are. Are you someone who's <laughs> more of like a person who does well grade-wise, or are you someone who's going to have to- Well, no, no, no. How you emphasize, it's, it's what you emphasize. Because for you and me, I think we emphasize under, like understanding. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, but if you're going to emphasize understanding, typically you're probably not going to be able to do as many. Um, you're not going to probably you're probably not going to be able to do as good grade wise, right? Unless you already have a really good head start or something true, like that. True, true. Um, this is assuming that you're yeah. Is this longer. is assuming you're starting physics at a in your undergrad at, at a blank. Yeah, yeah. At a blank state. Yeah, because like me comparatively to other people that have had physics training beforehand or yeah. have like I knew a guy who got into physics in his undergrad. But his dad paid for like a tutor for him the whole time, mm. so he like he That's caught right. up. He was like mm. he he caught up and excelled. Yeah. So yeah. It, it was like okay, he he in that way like you might have to play catch up on another level. Like you might to get to that level, you might need to go to like uh, those office hours that they they have at the libraries typically. You know what I'm saying? Like where they SI hire, is what we call them. Yeah, we call them instruction. Yeah. So typically a university they'll they'll hire like a, a TA or yeah. a pro, or even like a professor. I knew a professor who would who would like just go be mm. an SI at mm. the library, and I was mm. like, "That's awesome!" Nice, he nice. He was a cool guy. He was so cool. Shout out to Larry. He was, what was his name Lawrence. <laughs> Larry, Doctor Doctor Larry. <laughs> he was so cool. Um, you might be a professor if <laughs> <laughs> your name is Doctor Larry. <laughs> And you're teaching kids physics, <laughs> nah? But he was, man, he was so good. And and but those use those resources too if you really want to like, um, I guess increase your level of understanding. But mm-hmm. but this is assu- assuming the lowest common denominator where you're coming to physics fresh, like me and Terrence. Mm-hmm. You don't have any background in math. You're just being taught everything. Well, you're being taught everything yeah. at the ground level. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you come in with some rudimentary knowledge of algebra and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So, um, but yeah. But let's um, gear this a little bit more towards people who now don't have any kind of physics background and they're mm-hmm. not even in school. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to give a little bit of um, a roadmap a little bit. So what I did was um, for uh, for some people who are out there who are interested in trying to learn physics and you don't have, let's say you're just an adult and you, you've got a job at like a, you know, let's say at a marketing company or something, you just like physics is a you know, as a uh, hobby or something you want to do in your free time. So I've did a little bit of research to see what's a good way to actually learn physics on your own. And I found that MIT OpenCourseWare 
is a good place to start. So MIT has these little open courseware things online. You can just Google literally MIT open courseware. And what you can do is they have, uh, so they have on the website, you can go to actually find the courses. So if you go to find courses in the upper, in the upper left tab and then go to topics, you can also select science and then the subtopic of physics. And basically what you do is you can filter it by undergraduate level and they have a course on there called Physics 1. Um, it's 8.012 if you guys want to use that as a course number. And that's the Classical Mechanics 1 Fall 2008. And basically what you can do is you can do those problem sets they give. So they give a couple, a few problem sets, like six or seven of them. And they use the book, the Kleppner Daniel Robert J. Cullen Cow Introduction to Mechanics. And what you can do is you can actually just go through those problems, you know, one by one. And literally the way to get good at physics is you need to actually go through problems. So that's a good place to start if you want to get problems, problem sets to do. And then you just go through each of those one by one. If you just, was like, if you just did like one problem a day, that would probably be a good start to getting you to do physics. And um, that book, I found that book online. It was about 20 bucks or so. Yeah. Um, but you can get a free version. Uh, well, I won't rec- I won't say to do this, but there right. is something in existence called Library Genesis. We can get many, many, many free textbooks. Yeah, LibGen. Not sure, sure if it's legal. Um, it's a Russian-owned website. That should tell you everything. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, <laughs> Let's just say I did, I did, I do believe it is on there. <laughs> not, not condoning you go there, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it's on there, and it has a solution manual. I would imagine. Um. For the record, <laughs> for the record, I also want to add something because there, I, I can only, I can think about a couple books that helped me along the way in my undergrad to problem solving. Yeah, and that is like how to problem solve too, how to think. A book on. Yeah, like, uh, or just how to think properly about solving physics mm. problems. Yeah, it's definitely a shift. If you're not used to solving physics problems, for me, it was a big shift um, mm-hmm. for sure because I yeah. didn't even really understand how to. The biggest hurdle for me was to be able to simplify problems um, to fit in a very um, rudimentary simplified model. Right. I tend, I tended to over complicated a here. lot of things Same here. yeah yeah that still gets me to this day sometimes yeah like we had a quiz the other day i know funny enough we get quizzes in grad classes sometimes yeah i know there was a quiz Ridiculous. about a phase diagram and like they were talking about um so phase diagrams are just like position and momentum in space and like so in an ideal case of a harmonic oscillator right so you can picture a harmonic oscillator like a something that's oscillating in a in a in a pretty constant motion mm-hmm. you know it looks it looks uniform there's no there's no friction in this picture yeah. if that's the case then it, it the phase diagram quote unquote looks like concentric circles almost and then the quiz it said it said what would what would the diagram look like for a harmonic oscillator with slight friction and this is a eight like in the a spiral right yeah but this is a 8 a.m class and me i was just like I was like, oh, it should look like concentric circles. Mm. And uh, <laughs> I try not to complicate it. My instincts yep. told me the spiral thing. Yeah. So I was just like, ah, I'm not going to complicate it. <laughs> <laughs> so this is me actively over overthinking, uh-huh. overthinking. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I ended Thinking up getting you the tricked answer wrong. Yourself. I tricked myself because uh. my instincts told me. So that's one thing about overthinking. I still have it. Mm-hmm. Like my instincts usually give me the right answer mm-hmm. about this sometimes. And I'm like, 
but what about this? <laughs> and it's it's something that I think um, I fall into quite a bit, though. Like mm. I, I think you're saying you 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 used My, to get into that. Mine's much. a little bit different because the way I would overcomplicate things was like I remember I got pr- stuck on a problem with a uh, truck, mm-hmm. so I was asking about like what direction was the friction for a truck or something. And I got focused on actually imagining the truck and the wheel mm-hmm. and how the friction was pressing against on the ground. And it was it was messing up my direction of where the friction should be. And then I realized that, oh, I should just, instead of thinking of it as a truck, I think literally the teacher was just like, I think when I asked the teacher, he's just like, don't think of a truck, just think of a box. And literally, if you just think of a box, the answer is just so much easier. Mm-hmm. Like taking the context, taking the, taking what, con, what, um, can I say simplifying the model as much as you possibly can to where you're still getting the same information. You should always take that route. Mm -hmm. Like if you can make a problem where instead of thinking of a truck, think of a block moving on a, on a surface. Yeah. That's how you should do it. Um, it's like the spherical cow. I'm sure a lot of newbie, uh, Undergraduate physicists, you guys love the spherical cow joke. Yeah, classic, classic. <laughs> so I'm joke. sure, uh, yeah, you'll you'll appreciate that. It's yeah. you got to simplify your models. You know, I always try to make things into points, lines, or squares. Mm. That's all. Points, yeah. lines, or blocks. That's all I try to do. Or spheres or stuff like that. Simple sphere is even shapes. pushing the line. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't have to use spheres, I mean, usually E and M, I have to deal with spheres. Yes. But yeah. Everything else, I'm trying to get away from anything else, but but blocks. Yeah. lines and points this is the thing about physics though like a lot of people love overcomplicating things and like even even in like these conversation pieces where people have of like brain teasers almost it's yeah. it's all these problems can be solved by just simplifying the model down to its bare bones usually and usually 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 like there's there's extra dimensions of information sometimes and they'll teach this in physics one class they'll add information that's not necessary uh, right, to I think solve a, the problem. Right, I think that can be a little bit painful in the beginning. That used to be a little bit of, of a pain for me in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm trying to get this stupid thing to start back up. It's fine. Um, it's oh, it's counting. Oh, it's down. counting down, the bro. We hell? got time. We got time here. Don't worry about it. We're we're, we're, kill, we're killing the momentum. Okay, there we go. So, so. <laughs> but yeah. So, um, I and uh, what was I saying? Yeah, um, yeah. In, in the intro physics classes. They like they introduce information that's like unnecessary. Yes, so in intro physics classes, they would do that to you sometimes. That pissed me off because (laughs) I was like, I already don't get physics enough as it is. That's true. So when you're throwing in extra things to overcomplicate the picture to test me, yeah, it's actually really fucking me up. (laughs) It is kind of a it's it's a really nefarious kind of thing. They didn't do it too often, but occasionally you get problems like that, and that would really mess with me. Nowadays, you know, now I don't need that because, you know, I'm so adept now. I know what needs to be in there or not. Yeah. And like, um, here's the thing, though. I noticed that in, as you get up to your upper division classes, they don't do that as much. Yeah, because they don't need to. But sometimes, you know, we did this in one problem we were solving the other day. I think you're and right. We were like, we were like, that's kind of unnecessary information. And that's how I took it as like mm-hmm. in the in the spiral problem. Yeah, the whole yeah. thing. I was like, well, a little bit of friction should it really affect it that much. Mm-hmm. And then my instincts were like, yeah, it should. It should. It should still be a spiral, right? Because the solutions, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I'm gonna assume it doesn't affect <laughs> it that much. And it's just like, oh yeah, every bit of information is important, and you need to well, like, the right amount. Well, the right amount of information yeah. is important, and the 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 professors argue that this is you have to think critically about this. Mm-hmm. It's true. It does force you to think, but um, but you need to discern like what information is important and what isn't. Yeah, and how important it is. That's the beauty of physics, where I think um, 
that's kind of where you lack what people lack in mathematics, at least early on. Mm. I don't know about the upper divisions. I think people in the upper divisions kind of get better at this. But one reason why I liked physics over math was the fact that physics forced you to actually be able to fit the most simplified model to whatever you're trying to analyze. Mm -hmm. No more complicated, no less complicated, right? Yeah. So it's like you're figuring out how to like clean up the messiness of real life in some sense. Yeah. To get exactly the biggest bang for your buck with the least amount of um, variables and things to manipulate. Right. So I thought it was very good. It's a very good skill for honing, you know, really, really I'm honing your critical thinking skills. Like I thought, I already felt like my critical thinking skills were very good. Um, but this just made it very trimmed up even more so. It's just like it gives you exactly what you need. To where you're not overstating anything, you're just giving exactly the amount, the right amount of information you need. Yeah. Sometimes they'll, they'll break it down into uh, easily discernible things. Like what's, like if a problem is, op- a problem will usually tell you what it's looking for. Like what is mm. blah blah blah. Then you know you're looking. Then you know what variable you're looking for. What what it'll guide you towards the answer in that way. Yeah. Um. But yeah, but a lot of the time at the upper levels, things get more clever. Um, but as far as undergrad goes, I think navigating that whole um, mm-hmm. road, I guess, is uh, is a lot more clear cut, I think. Yeah. Um, if Unless you have a professor who's an asshole, then that's the whole <laughs> story. Yeah, you're going to definitely get those. <laughs> yeah, I will say in your undergraduate career, you'll probably have two, at least two. That will try to assuming uh, they're gonna have an undergraduate career. Assuming because also this episode, I want to make sure it's for people who aren't gonna be in school gotcha. necessarily. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, let's just say you're taking those MIT Open Courser classes. Yeah, you will. Their their professors love love putting in clever things mm-hmm. that will that they. It's not necessarily they expect you to know. It's, it's just testing your knowledge. It's testing your knowledge and. A lot of the time, they don't expect you to get it, but it's something that you'll walk away appreciating. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one thing I did not like about the MIT Open Courseware stuff is that, much like Ivy League schools do, they always have to overcomplicate shit because mm-hmm. <laughs> they need to, you know, justify their um, tuition. Their tuition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he yeah. goes, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, it's good if you're, it's good if you want a little bit of a challenge, mm-hmm. but also it could be a little bit complicated. They have a little bit of extra complexity that seems a bit – it's a bit unnecessary in my opinion. But it is a great resource just to have a bunch of disposable problem sets and solutions and also other resources that you know that you can go on YouTube sometimes and find video lectures. Mm-hmm. So it's got a lot of bang for its buck all for free. But also do take it with a grain of salt. It is an Ivy League school, so sometimes it's going to be a little bit, in my opinion, overly overcomplicated. So if you want to find other, other means – I would just do like for me, I would probably just do this. I would probably actually search like my local university curriculum, physics curriculum, and then see if they have actually any problem sets. Cause sometimes at least physicists used to do this. They used to leave up their, their um, problem sets yeah. Yeah, and yeah. stuff online. Like, cause a lot of professors had their own websites. Of course, now it's shifting a little bit because professors now use like certain proprietary software in Canvas. To keep, yeah, to keep yeah. like for us, it's Canvas. You know, to keep all of their stuff in house so that students aren't downloading old solutions and things. Um, but but there are remnants available in this world still. You just have to know know where to find them. Um, so yeah, if you can find those in your local university, 
usually those problems will be more simplified. Um, or even what I do sometimes is just like, you know, search the 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 bottom fifty physics schools in the U.S. <laughs> and then idea. the lowest, huh? No, that's a good idea. Yeah, search the lowest um, physics schools in the U.S. and then take those problem sets, and then those will be a little bit more simplified usually. Which to me is like, there's no shame in that. Like, go simpler if you can. Yeah. You know, all the great, all all great physicists believe in simplicity. You know, and the, well, go there's simple. also yeah, there's also the fact that um, in physics despite what you hear, there are only very few clear problems that are solved, like real problems. Like in quantum mechanics, there's like a couple clear, clear yeah, clearly solved problems. I, yeah. I don't know how else to put it. Just uh, Yeah, like, the, the physics is not going to change. If you go to a shitty yeah. university to learn physics, it just might mean you're edu- – it might mean you get less – you know, you get less physics or something, but no, no, no. physics it, doesn't change. The translation usually is that you probably won't have a TA for the class. Yeah. <laughs> and it'll be harder to learn. You'll have to teach yourself more, at least in my experience. Well, that's how, you kind of already have to do that. Though. I know, but this I'm saying, very but I know MIT, they have they have a TA, they have supplemental like classes. Okay, apparently. sure. They have a lot more of a support system. I think I think in less, comparatively now, like if I compare my, my graduate university versus... Mm-hmm. Um, my undergraduate, my graduate university has way more resources to help the student versus but, my undergraduate. But, but that's also why I say less physics too, because uh, then you have a less availability of professors to be able to teach all kinds of other right, classes right, too. Right, right, right. Like in my school, I don't even know if we had quantum field theory. Yeah. Like we might have, but I don't remember anybody talking yeah. about it. Yeah. So I would, I don't know. I don't, I won't say for sure if we did or not, but, yeah. but I don't see, remember the, it. Yeah, I never even heard of it until, uh, I came to this school. Dang. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, there you go. Like it's, there's very, the, the real difference here is money and availability of resources. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and already I and will networking s- opportunities. And obviously, yeah, yeah, that's like one of the benefits, but for the most part, you can teach yourself. It's just, you have to work a lot. You have to put a lot more time into it. Yeah. Now, if you're casual about it, if you're a casual learner, then I would say, pick up, pick up books, like go on Amazon. You can pick up the Dover series textbooks Mm-hmm. here's the theoretical physics uh, we book. use pearson as my school gotcha no we didn't use we didn't use uh, dover dover's too uh oh too advanced too, too deep okay uh yeah i would recommend go simple at first yeah, go with go like s- the go with like the the um available resources like um another thing is physics students usually an undergraduate do a lot of online problem solving so if i could recommend you to even like let's say if you get a Pearson book, a lot of times they'll come with a book code where you can actually do online homeworks. And those are really nice sometimes because they actually will walk you through the steps. Like it won't hold your hand, but it will say like, give you hints if you mess up. And that actually helps me a lot. I like those a yeah. lot, even though a lot of people complain because sometimes when you would enter and answers wrongly, it would penalize you. But yeah. you know, if you're doing it on your own, then it's great. And you can actually do self-study on some of those programs. So, let's let's just say you want to you want to cover physics like just literally so casually that you just want to read a book about physics. If you're on that level and you don't want to you basically want to get the equivalent of an of a BA education, mm-hmm. not the BSC. Mm-hmm. Um bachelor's of science being that you take math classes. Yes, which is pretty important with higher and higher levels of physics. Right. You're going to need calculus. So if anything, if you really want to start on anything. Well, let's just see if I mean we're, well, I'm creating the two to 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 how would I say? two lanes in a sense. Yeah. 
where you know yeah. a B, you can still do a lot with a BA, but it'll be less mathematically rigorous. And that's not to cop out a BA or give a BA a, a lower status. Mm. Well, it is because it's less school. Sure, but well, I mean, in terms of like knowledge, yeah, it's going to be you, less. Sure, but but I'm saying, like for instance, um, uh, Carl Sagan. I'm saying Carl Sagan, for instance, he only had a BA. No in way. Physics. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he and he got pretty far. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So. I'm saying if you, depending on what level of physics knowledge you want to get to. I thought he taught at a university. I think he was given, he's one of those guys that are given like honorary PhDs. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Damn, that's what I need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where you're just. Honorary you get, PhD, that's You get what to I need. a level where you're just so. Um, they, they In, You're just recognized. so influential. Yeah. In it. Help the Eigen Bros get an honorary PhD. I mean, maybe Juan will actually get a real PhD, but I won't. <laughs> he, Terrence wants an honorary PhD. Let's yes. get him to an honorary PhD level. Rally me, whoever's whoever, whatever petition you got to sign, give me on an honorary PhD petition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, but I'm saying like, but you actually have a BSc, so um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you, yours is a little more analytical of a degree. But let's assume that you you want to take the route of a BA. Mm-hmm. Somebody who likes science, the science of physics, but doesn't necessarily like the math. Because mm-hmm. truth be told, the math... Well, the thing is, this is... So I'm sorry to stop you, Go but ahead. I got to say, the real way to learn physics, though, is you got to like math. Like, because you could watch our channel and get a good conceptual degree in physics sure. in some sense. Sure. Like, I feel if you watch our stuff, you'll be able to get a good sense of conceptual physics. Yeah. That's not really physics, though. That's like you're getting a good... You can get that in many, many places. Mm-hmm. If you really want to learn physics, you need to be doing equations in math. You need to understand how to relate real-life phenomena into an equation. Like, you need to be able to look at something and say, oh, these two things have a relationship. I can actually write an equation down to quantify that relationship. Yeah. That's the, that's the separator between, yeah. like, actually doing physics and just, like, being a, phy- well, a physics enthusiast. Well, truth be told, you can do it. You you can talk about you can talk about it. Like you can get a BA and still talk about physics, but you will sound more like a philosopher because you you don't let me let me explain. And the reason why is because mathematics is a good symbolic uh, language to represent in shorthand form a lot of information. Do you know what I mean? Impossibly. An impossible amount of information to just speak about. Right. A lot of, yeah. When you're can, getting high enough level. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So in some ways, math becomes like- Critical. Yeah. It's like, it's it's much better. It's much better to use math to talk about physics as opposed to language. I just think it's not even possible to. Like, you can, but you, bro, it'll be pages and it'll be, you'll lose, you'll lose. Yeah. Like- You can I, lose a lot of information in that. Yeah, and and the thing is, like, I couldn't even imagine like trying to prove, like, some general relativity concept mm-hmm. that has a bunch of Christoffel symbols and shit in natural language. Like, that would just be the most absurd. So thing many run on, so many run on <laughs> sentences. Yeah, yeah, and like, so then what you do is you imagine that, and like having yeah. someone try to even like confirm that too with no mathematical yeah. framework would just be ridiculous. So, so yeah, so just internalize that in your head. If you really want to really understand physics, you you almost reluctantly need to pick up the mathematical right. like language, but it's just the thing that you need to like do. Like you need it. How don't how how do you even convey like a geometric thing like how do you even convey like um 
a Pythagorean relationship without math. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you even say that in natural language? A squared I mean, plus B squared equals C squared. How I mean, do you, you even take say the that? Two lang- you take the two lengths of the sides, and then it should equal the... But see, do you see how much language I have to use to, to okay, say yeah, the same yeah, thing? Yeah. You can say the same thing, but it'll yeah, take yeah. a paragraph, maybe. But then you have to also say, like, two lengths multiplied. Like, how do you say that? <laughs> like how you said it. <laughs> but multiplied is math. Oh, no, but that's so what saying, I mean. How do you even say that without math mathematics at all? Oh, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not saying that. You're still you're still involving math, but I'm saying the okay, the okay. condensation of you're condensing But then that's still kind of a cop out cuz it's still that's still math. Yeah, you're still but I'm saying like writing it out like, you know what I'm saying? You can write it out, but it's just going to yeah. be such a mess. You need to be, be able to symbolically represent um Right, but that's still math. That's still math. So you can still say it. You can still talk about GR without, with by speaking, but you need to still be able to. No, but I'm saying you can talk about operations, mathematical. Yeah, but that's still math to me. That's still that's still kind of in the realm of math, right? Because you're still able to use math. Like I can talk about GR stuff and like bending of space time and things, and like a physicist will be able to get that. Yeah. Um. But um, if you have no math. The higher and higher orders you have of no math, the more and more impossible it's going well, I mean, to become to talk okay, about anything. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. We're taking like addition and multiplication for granted, but those are still yeah. mathematical concepts that sure. have some weight to them. Sure, but I mean, yeah, I mean, multiplication is just the condensed form of addition. addition. Yeah, yeah. But then you have to try to think: how would you convey the Pythagorean theorem without any math? Um, what that's you're saying without any symbolism, essentially. Yeah. I don't think you can do it. Um, I mean, you can you can say like you take yeah you take one length. Uh, length is already double kind its of length. A mathematical. No, but that's but you need that. You can talk about it like that. But the thing is, mm. I, the point that I'm trying to make is that you can talk about it like that. But is it you're going to waste your time? You're yeah. wasting your time. But that for me is an example of just what happens when you get to higher orders. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to use it as an example because everybody knows algebra and multiplication, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Pretty much, most of the audience will. But Hopefully. now try to imagine that that's how it's that's how ridiculous it's going to be if you don't know like vectors or vector addition or like, um, you know, tensors or a thing. Well, not, maybe not tensors. It gets high level, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, or like quantum mechanics. You can't uh-huh. talk about quantum mechanics at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure many people have seen all the quantum explanations out there and how they don't make any sense. Yeah. It's because we don't even have the qualitative framework to be able to talk about it. So if you have yeah. no mathematical framework, now you really got nothing. Yeah. But that's why it's useful to see the math though. That's where I think um, you need to get comfortable with it. It took me a long time to get comfortable using mathematics as a language. Same. Because you you kind of especially for me, I didn't I didn't have a good math background coming into mm-hmm. college because honestly in high school it was it wasn't that great. No disrespect, but like to the school district that I went to, no, but like, them. but they had, but they had coaches <laughs> teach math, which was yeah. like abysmal. <laughs> and like, it, how many yards does Timmy have to run to get this? <laughs> I was just like, what? I don't even, it, it was insane. But like, not, not to knock them because they were good. They were probably good teachers, but I just, they were phoning it in. I don't know. I, I Maybe I was phoning it in. I don't know. The thing is, I didn't. It didn't stick, and so mm-hmm. when I got to college, I was like, "Oh, I'm not good at math because I'm just not one of those people." But I was perfect, perfectly capable of abstract thinking, yeah, and like doing all these kind of operations and just, yeah, it 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 didn't make sense to me at a point where I'm like, "Why am I not good at math?" Yeah, and so I understood that, um, 
at some point I was like, oh, maybe I'm not good at math because I haven't really learned it well. And so if you're one of these people, don't be afraid to, to teach yourself math because you can. You can. It, it, it'll take a – it's a little bit of a pain yeah. in the ass, but – It's so worth it, though. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same way as one, two, because I'm in – mostly my, my version of math was I just didn't see a use of it. Right. I just didn't understand why I would ever give a shit about math. Um, there's actually a tweet that blew up. I don't know if you saw um, this girl Gracie G Cunningham or something. Oh, the TikTok. She yeah, did, yeah, 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 yeah. I did yeah. See she that. was talking about like what the f- is even. Well, she didn't say that, but <laughs> she's like, who even came up with these theorems and everything? Yeah. I thought the support for her was good because it's like that literally was me in high school. I was like, I literally, and I think a lot of physicists can relate to that. Um, yeah, there is no point really in high school because we're not told the basic, like, what is the purpose of this? Um, uh, and you kind of need that to have any kind of motivation to do things, I feel like, a lot of times. Well, like, I think for certain personalities, yeah. You, yeah. Need, you need to stress the utility of certain uh, things. Like, like with English, for me, it was... English was... I was really good at English, but that's because it's obvious its utility is yeah. like... Yeah. You know... It's very clear from the get-go, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. You need to be able to speak so people can understand what the hell you're saying. Or writing or whatever, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Or just even talking about relating to, to, to stories and mm-hmm. people and stuff. That translates easily in the human sphere. But, mm-hmm. like, math, you're just like, what is this for? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I've never... My mom doesn't use this, really. I yeah. don't see anybody Every, using this. Everything like, is automated. Who, who's this for? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who, who? Who's the guy that needs this? <laughs> yeah. I'm not raising goats. Why do I need to count how many apples um, right. I I'm, I need to make before the fall? Like, yeah. And it's funny, though, because even people you that you don't think use math actually do. Like, my dad uses math, and I didn't realize that he did. Yeah, yeah. You know? So it's like um, you need – we need application and, and like, just – uh, a sense of showing people why this actually yeah. makes sense or is necessary. Yeah, and that brings me and that brings me to the the one the one class where it brought it all together, and that was calculus. Mm. For me, calculus was like um, this awakening mm-hmm. in my brain that was like, "Wow, math is so, so powerful." Yeah, so powerful. It just it it made things. Now it made me see the utility of math in a way that. I I didn't I couldn't I it just started to be I started to be able to describe things that I that I saw in reality in some way. Mm. For instance, in math in, in Cal one the calculus one they teach you um, about gradients, you know. So so they talk about planes, right? You talk about like f- I never learned gradients until Cal two. Uh, well, I I I, mis- I mistakenly even. took an honors class, and that was, <laughs> that, was that was a big mistake on my yeah. part. <laughs> I think easier to just say slopes. Yeah, so, I mean, let's just say, yeah, so they, they talk about slopes, right? But you can easily apply this to a field, uh, meaning like a, a two-dimensional like space, right? Mm-hmm. The professor was talking about gradients or whatever, and he was like, you know, he's like, this is why water tends to collect in the lowest, um, the, lo- the local... Uh, minimum. Minimum. Mm-hmm. So, like... You know, for instance, if you if you see like a pond or a lake or something, that that is a local minimum mm-hmm. in this in this uh, space around you. And I was like, mm-hmm. wow, mm-hmm. <laughs> I had that that gif of uh, Eric, the, Tim uh, and Eric show, yeah. where it's just Warhine. like my brain was just blown away. I was just like, wow, this is I'm starting to piece these things together. Where it's like, oh yeah, th- this thing finds its lowest energy, and that's 
technically the lowest energy that, mm-hmm. that you know it follows the gradient of or the slope of the earth and this mm-hmm. is where you get the local minima and so right, all these starting to see the mathematics the mathematical um proofs for things that you might take for granted in right. normal nature yeah and you're like oh like this is literally the math just the math is telling you that this is what's going to happen anyway like yeah. And that's yeah. so that's so applicable to real life because then imagine if you imagine if you're if you're lost in the world somewhere and you're like mm-hmm. I need to I need to find water. Mm-hmm. Where can I find water? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um and you're stuck on a mountain or something. You're like I need to get off this mm-hmm. mountain to find water because mm-hmm. the water's going to find the lowest uh try to collect at the lowest point. Mm-hmm. So you 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 know you can think about these things and abstract them in a way that's like oh this is all very useful information mm-hmm. and it was so cool it was incredibly rewarding so calculus one I would say you can pick up a book I think it's uh, um uh, I read it's literally a book that you can read in like a couple hours it's uh calculus the easy way I believe okay it's the name of the book and it was very informative author. And, I don't remember the author. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna have. I'm gonna give you the picture, but okay. Um, so if if you're interested in the book, I think I'll I'll have Terrence put the image up on the on the okay. YouTube. But yeah, or on the show notes as well. So uh, pick that up. Uh, it's a good book to get introduced to the history of calculus and how useful it is, and breaks it down in a very easy language. Incredibly rewarding, I think. Calculus mm. is is my experience. So what about you? Is yeah, you I think. Um, what was that? You feel the same thing? Yeah, I think uh, if you're trying to learn f- physics for sure on your own, a great way to start would just be like, go calculus first. Because if you know calculus, that's like the main thing you need to know, like all the most deepest concepts in physics. Of course, it does branch off to things like linear algebra and tensor calculus and all that stuff. But calculus is the root of like all physics. So like you'll learn so much you get you will get so much bang from your buck just learning the three main important things of calculus, which is just limiting cases, um, derivatives, and integrals. If you just know those three things, you'll get a shitload of um, return on your investment if you just study those things. Yeah, and and you can just honestly, and those those are all very popular, easy, probably. There's so many resources out there to like teach yeah. calculus at this point that. You can easily teach yourself. Um, yeah, Paul's online notes is a great place to start with that stuff. I've yeah. noticed. Stay away um, from Wikipedia. Yes, yeah, Wikipedia is a little bit like <laughs> over the top. It starts saying shit in all kinds of like. It 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 it's it does this thing that I hate when people do. <laughs> it's this thing that's where it's like when people learn enough math to such a high level, they think it's actually easier by giving the higher order explanation. It's like. Oh, it's just a commutative ring on a <laughs> two-dimensional manifold in Hilbert space. <laughs> I'm making all that up, but yeah. like that's the kind of vibe you get with Wikipedia sometimes. Yeah, it's just jarred. like this doesn't make any sense to me. This isn't yeah. useful at all. Yeah. So it, it overcomplicates things by thinking it's saying it's simpler, but it's only simpler if you know that many higher orders of mathematics. Exactly. So yeah. so don't go to Wikipedia no. for trying to learn this stuff yeah <laughs> you will you will be like uh, um, well i guess i'm not gonna learn calculus yeah <laughs> you can 
I'm just saying the the people writing yeah. these Wikipedia pages are are uh, go to like Patrick JMT. Right. I don't know if he's dead. I don't know what happened to Patrick. Let's just hope he's alive. I really hope he's not. And now that I say that, I really hope he's not. I hope but he's he is, not. He hasn't been online in years he's now. He's a legend. But he is a legend, a true math mensch. He has a shitload of videos on calculus and mm-hmm. stuff that I used for when I was an undergraduate. Same. Great, great. Cuts right to the chase. You know, if you want to go to that guy, he will teach you a bunch of math. Salman Khan, another great guy. If you want a crazy explanation, conceptual, three blue, one brown all day. Mm-hmm. Another badass dude is um, uh, uh, Black Pen, Red Pen. Pen. He does all the weird, cool stuff. Um, flammable maths. I got tons of tons yeah, of people. Yeah. Those and are that's, all YouTube. And that's people. for calculus. For physics, though, Van Beesen. Oh, Michael Legend. Van Beesen. Yes. So if you guys are trying to learn physics on your own, Michael Van Beesen is a great way to start because that guy does not mess around when it comes to like showing you all the steps of how to do things. He's yes. helped me so many times. And even in graduate school, when I'm trying to remember he something, he, down, yeah. he helps me remember the intricate parts of things that you forget about. Yeah, the fundamentals. Of, yeah. yeah Michael Van Beesen, great dude. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's a le- he's he's so good. He's such a legend. Yeah, um, probably my favorite of the physics solver guys. I think I'm inclined to agree. Yeah, yeah. It's, but like standard standard solving physics problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's the guy. There's another guy who had pink paper who was pretty good, but he had really long videos. No. Clue. Oh, Doctor Physics A. Mm. He's okay. Um, his videos are a little dry, blurry, really long, but he has a couple gems out there where they will give you some insight but well pretty soon we'll be in that camp terrence hopefully soon right hopefully, yeah hopefully <laughs> soon so we're trying to open a second channel here yeah i've already announced this so yeah they should know i'm not gonna backpedal now yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um yeah we're trying to do some physics problem solving stuff too yeah. here in a bit so hopefully we can actually make some things understandable for you guys too and i like to pride myself on you know being a good explainer so yeah. we'll see you guys can be the judge of that yeah. terrence forces me to uh really 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 uh not walk away with bullshitting myself yeah <laughs> it's um, very easy to bullshit yourself right? yeah in physics yeah it so is 100%. easy yeah it is because uh yeah i mean sometimes you'll you'll see i mean the 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 most classic example is dirac coming up with some yeah. <laughs> the correct answer but some weird fucking logic. Yeah, like, yeah. and it's just like, what? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've talked about it enough that yeah. you guys know what we're referencing. Yeah, but, yeah. But yeah, it's just, you need to be careful to like fact check yourself. And, mm-hmm. and that's another important thing if you're going to teach yourself physics is if you're pressed for time and you're like, I want to figure this out, but this doesn't make any sense. This is where you go to those YouTube channels, yeah. cross-reference. You can look at textbook materials, but I will say, as somebody who who, who goes to textbooks often, um, as Terrence will tell you, it's it, it's time-consuming. I'm a YouTube guy much yeah. more. Juan's yeah. more of a book guy, I think, right? Yeah, Juan, I'll reference books first. If the books don't ha- add any clarity to it, I'll re- I'll go... I'll typically... My, my typical order is books first, then I'll go to... Uh, a person it could either be mm-hmm. a peer or even the professor um if they're immediately available if not then i'll probably just go to youtube mm-hmm. if i if if all else fails so i haven't looked at a book in years i just <laughs> <laughs> i go to either wiki real quick or i'll go to youtube yeah youtube is my my shit yeah so and i like to just see the person work it out and i see immediately the thing i'm stuck on i'm like okay that's it yeah so 
Just depends on your style too, right? Yeah. But I will say my style is inefficient because like I waste time. Well, it's, it it's a waste of time sort of. Yeah. But it, it just depends on what you want to get out of it. Like mm -hmm. I will say if you just want to solve the problem and move on, mm -hmm. then go the, the go the route of. Especially um, Wiki. Wiki could be good for that if you just need to look something up real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something or definition. actually really good, hyperphysics. Uh, hyperphysics has given me so many quick just like, oh, that's exactly what I wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because sometimes you'll type in things in other websites and they won't get you exactly what you want. But hyperphysics is one that just goes right to the kill and you're just like, that's exactly what I'm trying to do. And you don't need any extra frills, no yeah. any of this. Just yeah. give me what I want. Yeah. Yeah, he'll, he'll show the equation. Bam, yeah. right there, right when you open the page. HTML. Simple explanation. Yeah, HTML. These are the variables. These are what they mean. No commutative rings on a Hilbert space. <laughs> no, nothing like that. <laughs> nothing nothing too complicated. Yeah, so it's it's good. I'm sorry for any triggered mathematicians <laughs> out know, there. I don't think that doesn't make any sense, I'm sure. But. Yeah, I'm sure it doesn't. <laughs> um, I could probably just make up so good, such good Star Trek jargon, though, now. <laughs> just with all the all the crazy terms I know. Yeah, the flux or like you a know, good Deepak Chopraian <laughs> quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but that's how that's how all those those sci-fi they just had to mention flux, flux capacitor, yeah. <laughs> um, supercharging, uh, quantum interference. Uh, yeah, quantum is always the way to go always. for sure. Anything that you want to add, anything magical. Quantum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, man. Um, I guess is there anything else? I think because I, I wanted to hit on like just calculus being. Really mm -hmm. important to learn mm -hmm. um, the problem-solving techniques. Uh, I guess I should. I guess I should add that at the end of the day, if you want to talk about uh, physics in an analytical sense, it really comes down to learning the fundamental equations, what they mean, but then also applying them to boundary conditions. Mm. And that's a little bit more high level, though. That is high level, but but yeah, that's. I like, didn't really start even thinking about boundary conditions until like my third year in undergraduate or something. Makes like sense. From, huh? Makes sense. Yeah. Like I was just really trying to figure out what's going on here with these equations. How do I solve these problems? Classical mechanics is a great way to start because you have all the intuition there. When you start to get into weird shit like quantum and GR. And E&M even. Like this is one thing that I think that I'm glad I have gotten in my life that I think a lot of people don't even know in real regular life. Mm -hmm. You do not have good intuition for the small, the very, very, very small, the very, 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 and the very, very, very fast. And even maybe the very, very large. The very, very large is a little bit more classical, but very small things and very fast things, humans have really bad intuition for. And you really don't even know. Sometimes you probably won't even know what that means if you're, if you're not in physics. Um, but your intuition truly breaks down in a way that you don't see anywhere else, I don't think, except for physics. Like, because generally in physics, I feel like my intuition is pretty damn solid when I'm doing classical mechanics. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I got this. I can figure this out just by visualizing it in my brain. I see the picture in motion. Mm -hmm. I see how these systems are interacting. But when you try to do that in quantum, I mean, it's a fail unless you got, unless you build your quantum intuition. Now I can do it because I have quantum intuition. Mm -hmm. But I have to switch into that mode. A little bit easier with quantum because the math is a little bit more straightforward. But when it's GR, like so general relativity, that can get pretty bad. Yeah, that's a bad that's shift for me. Yeah, that's a big. Stuff. I can barely shift in even right now into my GR mode or special relativity mode. Um, that's hard. Trying to even visualize that stuff with weird like 
length contraction and time dilation and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, it gets I mean, it it's, gets it's just tough. Good. I mean, there's there's good there's good like little like tidbits of like how would you say like phrasings or something? Just like like, you know, for instance, for a special relativity, it's like the faster you go, the shorter it gets. Yeah. That's a good one. I believe that was a tweet that you made uh, a while back. <laughs> no, that was I actually heard that from Juan of all people. Oh yeah, he was our boy. Yeah, our boy. He's now he was on. The, he was on the podcast once. Um, Fly me to the moon, I believe. Yeah, yeah. One of the early ones. You get to see how, <laughs> where that guy is in terms of like thinking. <laughs> he's in a whole def- different plane of existence. But yeah, he's. Uh, he he told me that one, and I was like, that's actually a good way to remember it. Mm-hmm. The faster you go, the shorter it gets. <laughs> and just remember that, gentlemen. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good that's a good phrasing to to remember. But uh, that's how I remembered length contraction and, and mm. uh, um, time dilation in some sense. Mm-hmm. The um, but yeah, the, you get you will recognize that's an important lesson to recognize that your intuition will often fail you. Mm-hmm. Physics will brutally teach you that, even in classic mech, humble you, yeah, yeah, because I'm um, like things like gyro gyroscopic precession is another one of those mind bending things. You're just like, how does this make any sense? <laughs> how is this real life? It doesn't. That's the classic for those who are not familiar. That's a classic um, spinning uh, tire on a string, and it stays and stays upright. Mm-hmm. You can Google that, and it looks really cool. Maybe I'll even put it on the podcast, but yeah. Yeah, there's certain things that will just defy your intuition. Or just things that you don't even think about. Like, for instance, like um, when you open a door, right? Yeah. When you're opening a door and a lever and you're pushing. And like uh, one thing I never really internalized was like the the shorter the axis of rotation, the, the, the closer the distance between the, the point of that you push and the axis of rotation the harder it is to push. Yeah. And that's something that you don't really think about because everything is so right. fab- prefabricated yeah. to, to yeah. fit your... <laughs> to fit our everyday lives. Yeah. We don't think about that stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, when when you you read, you read see this problem in physics where it's like, you know, the, sh- the shorter that radius is to the, mm-hmm. the ro- axis of rotation, the harder you have to push. Right. And you start thinking about torque and stuff and you're like, what what is mm-hmm. going on? Like even that will kind of... Bend yeah, your mind motion. a little bit. Angular motion. Mm-hmm. Uh, even even when you're talking about le- uh, how do you say tension? Sure. Which is a weird property, I think, mm-hmm. of like solving problems where you it'll reduce essentially the amount of uh, work that you have to do to like do something. Essentially, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like or leverage when you gain leverage over something, you can move something heavier mm-hmm. by increasing. It's the same principle essentially as like you know, increasing or decreasing the radius mm-hmm, for the mm-hmm. force. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. Like that blew my mind. Cause these are, these are classical concepts that are just like based off simple physics. Where, right. But not that obvious until you do obvious. the math. Yeah. Math is so great. Cause it just reveals so much that you don't even realize. Mm-hmm. Like that's the crazy thing is sometimes people will be like, Oh, these, these physicists are so smart and such geniuses, but Actually, really, at the end of the day, not really, because the crazy thing is with with physics, once you find the right equation, you get a whole lot of things for free with just the math. Because mm-hmm. the thing is, if the math is consistent, it will tell you new things sometimes. Yep. Like, you'll be able to, like, the crazy things fall out. Like, with Stephen Hawking, like, when he discovered black holes, he didn't just... He didn't just pontificate one day and say, I'm seeing this black hole in my brain. I'm seeing this black hole in the universe. Yeah. I feel like this has to be a real thing. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like literally he takes Einstein's equations and then takes them to the limiting case and then sees, oh, 
this breaks down and it must actually create a black hole by ripping space-time. A singularity. Uh, yeah, singularity and space-time. Like, he actually got those from the mathematics. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's some extra work because you have to justify that and say, like, how that actually fits within the real models of the universe. Mm-hmm. Maybe clean things up here and there. But really, at the end of the day, the math is giving you everything. Yeah. So you can get so much out of just the mathematics itself. And really, the genius is all in the equation. Yeah. You know, of course, it takes real genius to come up with it, but you get a lot of great things once you figure it out. Yeah, and accurately modeling, obviously, the behavior, too, is mm-hmm. critically important to this because once you have the model down for your system, the work is done. You're complete. Yeah. Yeah. You can sit back and test limits and all that stuff. Right, right. And then if they're working at all levels, then... Well, not all levels, but many levels, yeah. at least better than the than the existing model, then or if there a, is none, then you yeah. have something. Then you have a model. You do. Yeah. So... Then email that... Or mail that Nobel Prize over to... <laughs> not us. <laughs> not us. Um, but yeah, is there anything else I guess you want to add? If, if we didn't cover anything? I think else? that's it, man. We're looking at 59 minutes, so that's pretty I good. Crazy. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I guess uh, stick around for the outro. Indeed. Thank you for making it. Oh, we're doing the outro. Yeah, we're doing the outro. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for making it this uh, far into the episode. We just want to actually do a brief shout out to two of our patrons. Yes. Uh, and if you haven't, we have. You don't know. We actually do have a Patreon. If you want to go ahead and subscribe, we'll be uploading stuff. Um, feed an eigenbro. bro. Yeah, feed an eigenbro. <laughs> Donate a dollar. Uh, Donate a dollar. Yeah, or two, mm-hmm. or five, or ten, whatever you want. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, uh, to the shout out to Black Thoughts and. Aria Krish. Yes. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Shout out to Black Thoughts. I think he's also in Austin. Yes. Is that true? And yeah. Also has a YouTube channel. Yeah, he has a yes, YouTube channel, yes. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So shout out to him, so too. So check his stuff out. Yeah. And uh, and for a question, I guess, um, I didn't really think about a question to leave for the audience. Um, question to leave for the audience. Um, we could say, uh, what do you guys, um, I guess... Did we leave anything out for um, good tips for uh, potentially learning physics on your own? Yeah. Or do you have any more questions about what other ways you can learn physics on your own? And leave it in the comments. Yeah, or resources too. I think. I think if any, if you have questions like, what's a good resource for this? We've been through sure. the ringer. We can discern what's good and what isn't at this mm-hmm. point. And yeah. I don't mind leaving a comment for that. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So I guess once again, guys, like, share, comment, subscribe. Check us out at eigenbros.com. Eigenbros on Twitter. Eigenbros on Instagram. Eigenbros2 on TikTok. And that's it. Yeah. We'll see you later. See ya.